remember that um, actually the shear was going on live, and while she was expiring, that was about a year, it was the 21st day of Kislev a year ago. And uh, there's been a lot of positives, of course, uh, in this year. We've had three grandchildren born, and um, a tremendous hakaras hatev. We have a, a bris coming up of the child that was in the NICU. It's coming up this Sunday, Mirz Hashem. Um, and next week, I'll let you know the boy's name. But tonight, uh, today, and this afternoon, uh, you know, I just want to talk a little bit um, about the sh- about the topic of this year and how it connects into my sister a little bit. Um, as you know, she was a developing disabled woman who lived most of her life away from the warm embrace of family um, and had to survive uh, as a Jew in the the most terrible circumstances, and I've talked about the institution that she was a virtual prisoner in and the abuse and other terrible things that happened there. Uh, When I came to know her and have my relationship with her, the Jewish aspects of of her life came out um, and in a very deep way, touching certain points of memory. And... um, I committed myself during this year and you know even beforehand uh, that she her the remem- her memory should be in as much of a Jewish fashion as possible, even though her life was not able um, to be lived in that way. Uh, she was a product of course of 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 situations of our persecution that that's what brought my mother and father together in, in the midst of World War II when she was born in 1943. So she is truly a, she was a Holocaust survivor and really a a product of the terrible events that, that, that that began the Holocaust. But as I said, and again, it's sort of like, it's been messed up on the, on the, on the board, but you can see where it says, Dear Shuas Hashem Bechiyu. But basically, the idea that what is, is that Hahofchim Lalana Mishpat. That's the Pasuk and Amos. It's a little bit reversed here because of uh, some sort of weird thing here. But, the lana, which of course is the bitterness, uh, will turn into the, the straight and narrow, the mishpat. Last time I mentioned this connected and to try to, uh, to process things properly in her name today. And the tzedakah will be for this planet, for this earth. Um, I think that it's, you know, Last week, those of you that remember much way of comfort, what it is unfortunately given for those that are aware of the news, it has brought to the surface a lot of tension and hatred um, that has been directed at the Jewish community from our African and the school board of Jersey City of condemning the the anti-Semitic trope that was that was written and was was unapologetically, uh, you might have read about it. I think, however, there is something that we need to perhaps, as a community, take stock of, and that is, of course, all these murderers heroic, and to imply that, that we have to learn from their message. However, I think there's something that we need to do as a community is to work on our. I, of Kiddush Hashem and to do what we can um, to be, I want to be political as you know, 
But I say this because my my sister is really a um, a symbol of a, 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 a woman from an Orthodox Jewish home, a a Holocaust survivor who was cared for and loved by the African American community that was primarily her caretakers. Uh, they 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 made a special um, two hour trip uh, to be there at the internment. Uh, the women that were involved in her life and my interactions with them were always uh, beautiful and and uplifting and I shared with them many elements of our traditions and it was very very much appreciated there might be a difference between the south and the north but I think that the the, the, the main thing holds true I think more more connects us than separates us and you know, if I can speak about my sister's legacy as a Jewish woman that was loved and appreciated by her caretakers, regardless of race, that really it was it was the humanity and the love that they had for each other, and that should be something that that hopefully her her memory should help foster and eliminate uh, completely. Um, and as I say over here, the pasuk says, and as the pasuk I have for Lana Losia. That there shouldn't be any more women and people that are uh, don't achieve, that aren't able to actualize themselves. should allow us to live our days, not just our years, but our days the way we need them to be lived. That God should fulfill that for us, and that's Lana. Or Lamed and Aleph. So we're talking about something that, uh, you know, Hallel, uh, the prime directive of Hanukkah. Now, those of you that are Trekkies probably are thinking about the prime directive. You know. <laughs> the prime directive, of course, you know, in Star Trek parlance means don't mess with other countries or other worlds. Other right? In other words, you can observe, but don't get involved. The prime directive is not to interfere. Um, there's a prime directive of Hanukkah. Uh, the Gemara in Shabbos says that these days are and therefore the prime directive, the first one, is Halel. Um, which of course is, is, is a question of how it can be translated and even Halel perhaps needs to, we need to work on that, but praising, singing, um, um, ext- almost like an ecstatic sense of, of understanding that, that results in song and that's Hallel. Um, that's the prime directive. Hanukkah is 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 La Hallel Um now, okay, so we all know that there's the mitzvah of, of lighting the Neros of Hanukkah, which of course we're gonna start this Sunday night. And Sunday morning or whenever it is that we get around to Davening on on Sunday will be We'll be we'll be saying hallel for eight days, and it'll be a complete hallel. What's interesting, and we're going to get into today, is that it's possible that that is not only the what's what's said first, but that I might, that hallel might be the mitzvah of the Torah that we fulfill during Hanukkah. Usually, we look at Hanukkah as rabbinic in nature, completely rabbinic. So this is this is really where I want to uh, get into. I think something which is very fascinating, which is the whole idea of what how we separate, you know, what a mitzvah is, what's rabbinic and what's not, especially since 
there's a, a very early provenance of a, one of the earliest and most respected books written. It's a, um, and we're going to talk about that. So it starts really, as you can see here, um, and you can see the first name that I mentioned here is the Bahag, Baal Hilchos Gedolos. So um, it's in your, um, it's in the email attachment. So let's take a look here at um, the Bahag's period of the Gaonim. We all know who the Rishonim are, right? I ask you who the Rishon is. The person say Rashi, the Rambam. Others will say the Rosh, the Rashbo. The Gaonim are a little bit less clear to us, right? We've heard, we're going to mention two of them, Rasadi Gon and, and, and Rabbi Udoy Gon, who's, who was uh, um, the Rosh Hashiva of... And it was an attempt to condense everything that was in Shas in a way that you got the primary discussion with the Halacha Lamaisa. And there's another work very similar to that, which is called the Rif, which is called the Sefer Halachos of the Rif. Uh, developed from the Talmud. So the first major work that did that, post the Talmud, was the book called Hilchot Gedolot or Hilchot Psukot. It was written, the, the proto-version, I'm going to give you the, 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 there's been a whole argument among uh, scholars for years about this, but put together this work. Now, what was important to know is, is that when, in those days, the copyrights and other things like that didn't exist. So people... Uh, would get this work was written and then it was spread to students who might take positions other places and they would copy and recopy and he was probably a a wax merchant which I guess has some connection here to Hanukkah as well for wax candles (laughs) Rav Shimon Kira uh, came from a family of wax merchants he uh, based on Rav Yudoy Gon's work he put a more uh, a solid book together that is called Hilchot takes the Gemara and brings us into Halacha. There was a similar work that was written on the Parshios that also was Halacha, or the Shiltos, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, or next week maybe. But it was also the first book that we know of that had an introduction. This is the introduction. Today, it's a, it's a, this is the first Torah book with an introduction. Now, it's the introduction here starts with a bracha about the fact that we have the Torah. And, and, and it, then you have, as you can see here, uh, a lot of wonderful descriptions of how great Torah learning is. And we know, of course, that there's a little bit here that's been, been, been edited out, which is 365 and 248. Uh, why? But these numbers are mentioned here. The Gemara says 248 is of course, yeah, you get 613. But Rav Amuna says the Pasuk proves it, that that number is correct. Because it says Torah, Tziva Lonu Moshe. Torah, what's the gematria of Torah? 611. 611 plus 2 that we didn't get commanded from Moshe. I am the Lord your God, you shall have no gods before me. Those two, 611 plus 2 is 613. And then this author... Seemingly, Rav Shimon Kira, uh, the author of the Bahag, um, or possibly Rav Yudayin, then says, and now I'm going to list them. I'm going to list the 613, uh, and it's going to start with, as he says, if you fulfill them, you get Olam Haba, and if you violate them, 
you're going to get six types of onshim. Skilas Rafa Herikhenek, Misa Kares and Malkos. And then he first goes to the ones that you get skila for. He goes to the ones you get Srefa for. Hereg, Chenek, Kares. These are the ones you get Misabide Shamayim. These are the ones you get Makas for. Quite a bit of Makas. As you can see here. Followed by mitzvah say, and here comes the mitzvah, the list of the mitzvah sasays. All right, so you can take a look here, and as we move on, you can follow the follow the bouncing ball here as we look at all these mitzvah sasay, and okay, to eat matz and moror. The first and eighth day of Pesach, Atzeret and Yom Azikaron Rosh Hashanah and Yom Yom Kippurim. What else? <laughs> Eighteen days and one night to finish the Hallel. That's one of the mitzvahs. Is the eight is to finish the Hallel. Eighteen nights, we know are the eighteen nights to finish the Hallel. You can see it up there. Yom Shmonas Semelayla Echad with Morris Hallel. Right, so what do we have? Eighteen nights of Hallel, eighteen days of Hallel. So the eighteen days of Hallel are two, uh, one, two days of Pesach. Uh, um, sorry, one day of Pesach. Um, eight days of of of, of, of Sukkot, including Shemini Atzeres, seven and one. This is without the extra days, right? Seven and one is eight. One day of Pesach is nine. Shavuos is. Ten and eight days of Hanukkah make eighteen, and that's how you get your eighteen Hallel days, which he counts as uh, one of the mitzvahs of the Torah. Which means saying Hallel on Hanukkah, in his mind, is seemingly it's, it's, it's listed as one of the mitzvahs of the Torah. How do we count ten days of Shavuos? Um, eight, you want to go? Shavuos is one. Shavuos is one day. Right? Shuas gets a complete hallel. Shuas and Pesach are two. Right. The first day of Pesach, the first day of Shuas. That's two. Eight days of Sukkot and Shemini Atzeris, seven oh. and one, is ten. Okay. And eight so days of Hanukkah make eighteen. So Hanukkah is eighteen and one night. One night is the night of Pesach when, you, when you're eating the Korban Pesach. When you're eating the Korban Pesach, that, so those eighteen, it's right, that's the eighteen days and one night. That's what he says is the is the mitzvah. Why is this not? Come on, paying back a gezel, and then what else? Near Shabbos, near Hanukkah. That's also a mitzvah. He puts here near Shabbos, the lighting of the Hanukkah lights, and the lighting of the lights of Shabbos, and Nevela. Then right after that comes Nevela Ger Toshav. Right, right in the middle, it's all a jumble. Right. So this is really what was what, what where is the jumping off point? Now. Okay, so the uh, what's important to know is that I'm not sure if this was written by the same halachic author. Mm-hmm. Ways the greatest 20th century 
Python scholar. I, you know what? I'm going to rephrase that. The greatest later part of the 20th century Python scholar. There were very big ones in, up until 1950, a little bit later. But he definitely finished the work in a great way, and his finished his work. Uh, Goldschmidt himself was only able to do Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur in a scholarly way, in a beautiful way. And he, he started Sukkot, and his students, Frankel, finished the Machzer on Shvuot. So the Machzer on Shvuot has a very big connection to what we're talking about. I'll tell you why. Because it's so unclear about who was writing what, he's suspicious that the great halachic work was not necessarily uh, of one piece with this introduction. This introduction about how great Torah is and about all the mitzvahs of the Torah might not have been written by that person mentions this. Now, the reason why Frankel gets involved in it is because this spawned uh, uh, literature. This hakdama, which is not so poetic, spawned poetic literature. What am I speaking about? I'm speaking about what had been the custom from the, the ninth century on uh, for a, a whole long poem mentioning all the mitzvahs of the Torah in a poetic fashion. And most of those, we have records of those. Those are called Azharot. Uh, one of the greatest Spanish uh, poets, Rav Shlomo Ibn Gabiro, Ibn Jabiro, he was the one who wrote the Bahag's List. So in other words, in their poetry, which also became part of Jewish life, they kept on listing Hanukkah as one of the mitzvahs of the Torah, on Shavuos. And on Shavuos, there was this idea, are you ready to accept the Torah? I mean, they, people didn't care if they stayed in shul that long in those days, right? So part of the shul was here, part of the mentality that Hallel and Hanukkah, in other words, were mitzvahs. So it, it was more than just it was written in this book. This book spawned uh, a liturgy, and the liturgy became part of our lives, every, every the Jewish lives in many, many countries in Spain, North Africa, based on the Bahag's description. I'm getting into this for a reason, because somebody stood up and, and wanted to uh, eliminate that, and wanted to stop that. He felt that that uh, it was wrong on many levels. We'll get to that in a second. That's a regular warning, right? What? Azaroter warnings, but they included all the mitzvahs, not just the, the one say, the los say. It was sort of a term, it was sort of like a, a catch-all term for these poetic writings, the Azaros. So in the Azaros, you had uh, this description. The mitzvahs. All the mitzvahs. And most of them followed this. One of the most famous ones, and he was. He would have had it not been for the Rambam. I think he probably would have been the most famous man of of, of that period in our mind because of what he did. Was Reb Sadiagon? Reb Sadiagon was. Um, um, he wrote a number of. He wrote as I wrote also. I'm not putting that on the board right now. But he also wrote a poem where he does recounts the Tariq Mitzvos. Let me explain it better. Up until that. Bahag that we saw, this 8th century introduction, no one had ever tried to list all the mitzvahs. It was, it, the Talmud never talks about it. The Talmud has one reference to it. Other than that reference, the Talmud never talks about taryag, mitzvahs. It doesn't show up, right? In the very early sources, the idea of, oh, what's your taryag? How, how do you count the mitzvahs? So can do we have a list? It really begins... 
you know, in the, in the eighth century where someone compiled this list and it becomes definitive up until the point that the 10th century savior of Judaism in a way, Rabbi Sadia Gon. Sadia was, was saved Judaism from the Karaites. Uh, Sadia was brought in. He wasn't from, he wasn't a Babylonian. He wasn't from Iraq. He wasn't from that. He was from Egypt originally. But he was brought in to become the head of the Pumpadisa, the head of the yeshiva. Uh, and he wrote the first comprehensive translation of the Torah into Arabic. He wrote, because uh, people were speaking Arabic, Muslims and Karaites, uh, there was an attack against what was considered uh, traditional Judaism. And we didn't have the writers and the brains to defend it. And the Karaites were saying that, you know, that a lot of the Torah Shabbat is, is, is phony. It's all been a construct that has been layered onto it. Uh, and, and they don't really know how to read Psukim. These rabbis, these Gaonim, they just know how to make their pronouncements and, 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 and direct us to do things. But they're not, they don't really have the spirit of the Torah. And, of course, the Muslims had, represented their own uh, threat. In terms of of offering a philosophical alternative to Jewish life, so here arose Sadiagon, who was wrote, as we all know, his famous book in Munos Videos, right, the book about beliefs and understanding. And this was a book in Arabic that that you know was 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 incredibly uh, well written. It was it, it it gave what are the principles of Orthodox, what we would call Orthodox Jewish thinking. But besides that, he wrote a translation and a commentary. He wrote a translation of the Torah in Arabic and a commentary, where he was and he was an incredible poet. Not only did he write Arabic, but he also was a beautiful writer in Hebrew and Lashon Hakodesh. And one of the things he wrote was his list of the mitzvos. And as you can see over here, I'm going to try to find it. Um, here we go. Zayin Chestes. I'm not sure which tune we should use here for there, but um, I don't want to do uh, what's the name Winsalus. I don't want to do good Father Winsalus on that. But anyway, um, uh, all right, a new generation. Um, all right. Um, okay, you see Ches. Hachag Vashmini Bo Golem Right. In other words, you have Yom Kippur. You have Chag, Shemini, Shemini Atzeres. These are all the mitzvos. Shoash Ragolam Tachog, Matnas Yagabir Kastuvo. You know, it's supposed to give tzedakah, of course, when you have the Shoash Ragolam. Tuvo, this is Bepesach, that's Tess. Matzamor, Lavar Chometz Ulakalos. Shvuas, Vasukha Veluav, Tkiyavinui Mi Maacholos. In other words, Maacholos would be fasting from food, right? Which seems to separate from the mitzvah of. Yom Kippur, that seems to be a separate mitzvah. Then Yud is Yarche Ibor, which is making a, a new month, making Ibor, making a new month, right? Pesach Sheini, the Simcha Sachagim Lamalos, and having Simcha on Yantiv. Kosov Zos, there's a Pesach in the end of Parshish Beshalach, where after the battle against uh, Amalek, it says Kosov Zos, Zos, right Zos, Remez Megillah, the ner yemei Hanukkah ad kalos, and the ner of Hanukkah till the end. So once again, these are the six hundred thirteen mitzvahs. So Sadiagon, who isn't just some sort of poet who's writing, Sadiagon was the leader of Judaism. He was again. We look at the Rambam as this great savior of Judaism. The Rambam 
a lot of his approach was built on what Sadia did. Again, the Mornavuchim is a lot longer than the Munas Vedeus, but it's uh, but it's the same idea of providing to the Arabic reader, which was the average Jew who was sort of like a philosophical um, Jew that was part of the Gentile society. It gave him something to read that he could understand and and put, put, sink his teeth into. And just like the Rambam translated the Mishnah into Arabic. The Rambam actually wrote his commentary on the Mishnah in Arabic, so people would have the Mishnah and they would be able, just like the art scroll. This yeah, was the right, right, right. That was the idea, right? That was so. Sadia took the Torah and he translated in Arabic, so people would look, and, and everybody knew Sadia's translation. And the Tafsir was this was, was 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 the explanation, right? So, so this is Sadia also putting in uh, Ner Hanukkah again. So, as I said, this became a, he doesn't hollow, he doesn't, and Megillah. Right, and Megillah, so we have Megillah. Uh, if we ask if this year goes till, uh, <laughs> till Purim, we can, we can extend this out. But here we have the Bahag, pseudo Bahag, Sadyagon, and all these other Pythonim, all looking, when they're looking at the 613 mitzvahs, they are including Hanukkah as part of the 613 mitzvahs. So, as I said, someone arose and said, "I could stand no more." I, I mentioned that last week, but it was it was <laughs> it was it was the Rambam, the Rambam, and and this is you know, I was telling as I was driving here today, and I was mentioning to the person I was trying to make sure that I asked Rabbi Weiss to take care of stuff. I said one of the things that really struck, and I was just talking to him on the phone because it's such a pleasure to talk to. But one of the things that that struck me was the accidental nature of what I'm about to talk about. Um, the Rambam, this is the introduction the Rambam wrote to Sefer Mitzvos, And he said, um, I, I've written a pretty famous work uh, on the Mishnah, and now I'm going to start, uh, and I'm putting together this this giant work, which is going to have all the mitzvahs of the Torah, and you're going to be able to uh, to learn them and read them, and, and he starts really telling you why, what's behind <coughs> the writing of the Mishnah Torah. <coughs> And how it's really a look behind the scenes. It's a very fascinating glimpse about what language he used. And he says, uh, you know, the Ram gets into why I, I wrote the Mishnah Torah the way I did. How come I, uh, what language did I use? Remember, the Rif and the Bahag were written in an Aramaic. Uh, and the Ram says, I'm going to create my own language to write Mishnah Torah in. He says, there is no Hebrew language to write in. I can't use Tanakh language, because Tanakh language is not only overly flowery, it's not really, you can't use it. The Rambam didn't live in a time like where Hebrew had been had become a spoken language. The Rambam says, I'm going to use the language of the Mishnah. It's very fascinating. We'll talk about it some other day. But, but, but the Rambam talks about why areas about his book about his magnum opus, the Mishnah Torah, what made the really the Rambam the Rambam. And he talks about the language that he used. He says, and then he says, he says, when I realized that I have to write this book, I'm figuring out how I should make the divisions. We all know there's 14 uh, books. That's why it's called Yada Chazoka. And right, it has all these different books and inside each section he has the like 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 he has the laws he'll quote this he'll quote that so that's the way i'm going to work and i'm going to do my own thing i'm not going to follow the mishnah i'm going to follow my own intellectual way and of course that's the rambam comes up with a lot of interesting things like for example in hilchas mamrim which is about rebellion he has all the mitzvahs of kibbutz there because <laughs> right that's where he puts it over there right 
I mentioned the other day the laws of, of helping someone on the road, of, of, of unpacking, of, which I talked about, as you remember very famously here at IDT for the whole, for the whole company. The Raman puts that in the laws of murder and, and saving lives. So again, there's a lot of interesting places where the Rambam inserts his halachos, but he knew he had to do that. And one of the things the Rambam says like he had to do was put in the in, in the introduction to my work, and it's, which will be like the headings of each chapter of each what mitzvos are included. Aha, uh-huh. okay. And then he says, because sometimes Sometimes in one section there's going to be a lot of ones, like in Avodah Zorah, there's a whole series of mitzvahs, Mesis, Madiach, Molech. So I'm going to write in the introduction to Hilchas Avodah Zorah, I'm going to deal with 20 mitzvahs here. And these are what they are. Sometimes there's only going to be a few. But I want the reader to know that he has gotten the complete all the mitzvahs by reading my book. But he says, I figured what I must do then is make a list of all the mitzvahs. Because the, the work is going to reference the mitzvahs, and that's what the Rambam does, I need to write an introduction where I deal with all the mitzvahs. Um, and I'm going to say, this is the mitzvah, and this way the reader won't be confused. But then I realized there's a problem. What's the problem? He said when I was ready to write this book about all the mitzvos, and I was just going to write all my 613 mitzvahs based on the way I understood things, look at the Rambam's language here. Again, this is translated from the Arabic, so but it's, it was translated by uh, one of the premier Arabic translators, uh, Rabbi Yosef Kapach, and he says, um, I was overcome by pain. But it's pain I've had for many years. And the Rambam, again, this is Rambam's hitting 50. So he's had this pain for a while. This whole idea of counting mitzvahs. People have made such mistakes. I can't even describe how weird it is. Anyone who's either written a book, and there may be Sadia and others, or writing some poetic work that has to do with this, they were all schlepped after Baal Hilchot Gidolot. They all went after the Bahag. And they didn't go away from his direction. Sometimes a little bit different. How could it be? Ki'ilu, look at the Rambam's disgust. Ki'ilu kofu adeos. It's like, let me make it larger so you can maybe appreciate it. Ki'ilu kofu adeos. It's like thinking stopped. It's like thinking about this idea was frozen. Oh, he wrote it? We can't think anymore. And so Divrei says, oh, no one could go further than him. He says, there's even a safer, Baal safer mitzvah mafursam. He's not talking about Sadia. He's talking about Reb Chefetz ben Yatzliach, which we have pieces of that book, uh, which is famous in the time of the Rambam, but we no longer, it's, it's, we only have fragments of it. He comes up with some criticism of some of the slight, he comes up with only slight criticism of the massive mistakes that he found in the Bahag. What were some of them? For example, he didn't like the idea of counting bikracholim as a separate as a separate mitzvah nicham avelim, right? But you know what? 
Uh, he's right. Uh, that might be difficult to count that as a separate mitzvah. But he didn't, he didn't uh, comment and continued the mistake about something which is much worse, which we're going to see, which we're going to see in a minute what it is, um, which is even worse, which is about counting near Hanukkah and counting Hallel and counting this. That's even worse. Okay, it's really part of Chesed. Okay, I understand. Um, but, but, but people followed the Bahag with, with worth stuff. Bali is boninous. Look what he says here. Godel be'enai asonenu. This, having rabbis and writers frozen in their minds and keeping on the mistakes of the previous generations is, is terrible. Vinis ames yumo I now see it's become true, God's threat against us. What does the Pusik say? When I see a prophecy, everything is like a closed book to us in our understanding. We're giving it to the people who know how to read and say, can you read this for me? I can't read it because it's closed to me. That is a nevuah that is found in, um, in Yeshaya. And the Rambam says it's been fulfilled, where even the learned people, it, uh, they don't understand. And he says, I've been in shul and I've heard them, I've read them, I've heard about all these these poetic works. It's like, like that's when a woman is about to give birth. Like I, It's like my insides are, 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 are disgusted. It's like, oh, I can't hear. It's like, it's like fingernails on the, on, on, on the blackboard, right? Or, right? And I see everybody's accepting it. Okay, look. I, I can't have a, a problem with Mr. Poet. Because they're poets. They're not scholars. What is their job to do, the Rambam says? They're supposed to adibur. It has to sound nice. It's put together nicely. It rhymes. It's poetic. It's olive-based. That's what they're about. They did a great job on that. But it turns out that the thing they talked about, which was all the mitzvos, they just basically followed the Bahag and the other Chachamim who it stepped with the Bahag in line without thinking. So, what's now? It's very unusual, and the Rambam's really venting here. Yeah. But he says, When I thought about that, Biadati is Pirsum. I figured, I'm writing this book. So let's get back to the subject. I'm writing this book called Mishnah Torah. Now, that when I start in my introduction, uh, listing all the, counting all the mitzvahs, Hamiti, the real one, that I know is true, how you get 613, and I'm not going to bring any proofs to that, but open sosim belirayos, the person is going to say, uh-oh, what did he just say? That list, that doesn't jive with what I hear every shuos. That doesn't jive with the Bahag's list. How do I know I'm wrong? 
He also had Pachim Masha Kos of Plody Plody. Here's this upstart. He can't be right. That goes against what it says in Art Scroll. That goes against what it says in this book. Or any book that was written. Most even intelligent people think that that's true. That if something was written and people are accepting it, you can't argue with that. You know how something is true? You know that something's true based on how much it jives with what was written previously. That's the way most people think. Believe with Chonus They don't even try to, to analyze that pre, previous thing. Does it jive? Does it not jive? This is so revealing about who the Rambam was. The Rambam is saying, you know, okay, in most people's mind, that's what makes something true. Right. And the Rambam felt there were people in the, who don't belong in the Misorah. There were people who didn't belong there. There were people who, quote unquote, Gaonim who happened to control things and happened to write books that people accepted, but that doesn't make them essential links in the Mesorah. And the Rambam says this in a number of places, including the Akdoma to his parish of When he was 30, he already knew this. And he writes about his father's Rebbe, the Rimigash, who he says he was greater than the other Gaonim. He, of course, was only a Rishon, so to speak. The Rambam was ready to really shelve this uh, this, this this fealty to the Gaonim. And he was in good company, because the Rif had already done that. But but this idea that that whole period from the 8th, again, I, I hope it's not boring like Beryl White, but, say, but, but basically, the Rambam is, 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 you know, he's got his, he says, look, I, I know I'm dealing with this. The Koshkin Hamon, and I'm trying to reach the Hamon. I'm not writing this book for, I want Mishnah Torah for everybody. I don't want the book being looked at with quizzical eyes and being rejected. So I'm going to write a book in Arabic, which is interesting. But who's that? So this is the introduction to Mishnah Torah. An Arabic book where Evarbo Minyana Mitzvos. I'm going to go through all the mitzvos and how you should count them. And I'm going to bring proofs to them. And therefore, my book, they're going to see the book. I'm going to, even though the quizzical eyebrows are going to go up, but I'm going to explain myself and they're going to see why I came up with the number I did and what the, what the mitzvos are. And they're going to see it without a doubt. He, he didn't lack for confidence. When they see that I, my list is going to be perfect and this is exactly what the mitzvah should be, and then they're going to see, oh, anybody who came before me was mistaken. And I'm not going to necessarily have to deal with every individual because you can just read my introduction. And this way, this is why he decided uh, to write this this, this this whole book and to preface it with 14 rules of what's counted as a mitzvah. These are called the kloim or the shoyrish, been translated in different ways from the Arabic, the kloim or the shoroshim of the Rambam. Um, and the first one is that the very first rule about how you figure out a mitzvah is you do not count things which are rabbinic in origin. They do not count it as a mitzvah. So, so that's where he just writes off and, and right, and this is where he, he, he as you can see, um, 
Again, I'm just really, I, I, I hope you're enjoying this because I, I, I feel that the Rambam is so much, in many people's minds, it's just this, you know, very, is halachist, and we invent so much to the Rambam's approach. And as the Rambam wrote in halacha, and sometimes he uses some poetic language, and sometimes it's quite interesting, but normally, you know, there's a Rambam, there's a Shver Rambam. The Rambam's difficult, what does he mean? Here you're really seeing the Rambam's person. This is this is the personality, the halachic personality of the Rambam. Um, and I think, therefore, it's worthwhile. I, mean, I don't even care if we talk about Hanukkah in a way, because I'm, I'm, I think I'm giving you the Rambam, which you probably wouldn't have gotten otherwise. You just know him of the Maimonides, the great doctor, scholar, philosopher. But he wasn't afraid to. That's right, but, but and and he's being himself, you know. Yeah, you, right. Right. So here's his first principle again. So he says, you don't count rabbinic mitzvahs. I should even mention this. Machmas pashtuso. It's so simple. He says, take a look at the language. And of course, if you notice, Bahag didn't have this language. Bahag just says, there are 613 mitzvahs that we've been commanded. This says, Nemrulo, Nemar lo lemosha besinai. That's that's the language in the, in the Rambam's Nusach and, and most Gemaras and Makos that says six hundred thirteen were said to Moses at Sinai. How could you ever have a rabbinic? It's 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 completely wrong from the get go. Why do I even have to mention this? Because Kivin Shekvar Tobo Umanu Ner Because as we saw, the Bahag mentions Ner Chanukah. Mikra Megiva we saw Sadia mention. And Meya Brachos, a hundred Brachos every day. Nicham Avelim, we mentioned before. And the 18 days, and the one night, to finish Halel. He says, How can anybody who read the Gemara count Halel? It says, these are the mitzvahs that Moses received at Sinai. So how can you count Halel, which was, which was authored by David Amelech? They were offered by David, King David, right? Many, many hundreds of years later, right? And say that Moshe was commanded to that. Ner Hanukkah is a mitzvah. Uh, hello, McFly, Hanukkah was what? It was Babayashani. It was in the second base on Mikdash that the Chachamim said to light, Ner, to light the Hanukkah. Mikra Megillah, at the beginning of the second base on Mikdash. He says that, is anybody believe that can anybody even imagine that Moshe was told by Sinai to give us the secret command that if something you know, it was passed down from Moshe, that if it happens to happen, that there's going to be, because Moshe is like this great oracle. Do you think that, and there are people who believe such things, right? That, that Moshe, sort of the oracle of the future. What? Right, right. But is, is that literal? The Rabbi says, do you really think, do you really think Moshe told his people that if it happens to happen that the Yavonim uh, persecute us and we win, that there should be, the Ner Hanukkah should be lit. Right. Does anybody, he says, can anybody believe that? He says, I think that, it, I think probably what got them the mistake going was the fact that we make a bracha before we light the Hanukkah lights, Asher So God commanded us, and the Torah. But the Gemara already asks, Talmud, where's the command 
So the, the Gemara answers from the Pasuk and Parshas Mishpatim, Lo Sasur. Do not vary from what you have been told. Okay, that is true. In other words, that there's a certain, in the Torah, it says that we need to listen to rabbinical legislation that will occur. So there should be more than six Oh, that's, that's the, very good, David. Right. If that's true, then every rabbinical mitzvah should be there. Right. Because, right? Because if it's all based on this command that Moshe was told, right. and we heard it, and it's been part of our, it's been, it's part of the Torah, do not vary from what the rabbis tell you, what the, the heads of the Sanhedrin tell you, then, um, and, so it should, right? If you're going to count everything, uh, because it's all part of God's statement, lo tosur, then why did these get it? Why did the Bahag and Sadia and others pick these? They should have mentioned washing your hands before you eat. That was done by Shlomo Melech, right? So, so, so the same way they mention again, usually I'm not, but I'm saying this is a tikkun for Lana. They should mention a tilat yadayim, an erevin. Why? Because <laughs> even though those, the tradition was that Shlomo and his Bezdin were misakin that, so you should count those as a mitzvah in a Torah. And, and, and not only that, there's a bracha you make before Netilas Yadayim. Asher Kedishanu Mitzvotavitzivanu. So that should be also counted as one of the mitzvot of the Torah. And when you said an Erev, you make such a bracha as well. Right? So, um, In fact, the Rambam says, the Gemara already says, that what Nevi'im were metaken, including Shlomo and his Betin, is Durabanan. In fact, the Gemara says, the third lines from the bottom, he says when Shlomo and his Betin decided to make the laws of Eruvin, right, the laws of where you can carry on Shabbat in a private domain, that there's certain places you can't carry, and, and uh, Carmelit and all these dinim that govern our laws of Shabbat, which are very ancient, he said, a batkol came out and said, I'm happy. In other words, this is something new. But it's not, right? And we know, as the Ramam says, that Erevin is the Rabbanan. And we know that Netiwat Yadayim is mid Rabbanan. So obviously, even though it was a very important Bedin that instituted it, it's not called a mitzvah from the Torah. Now, the reason why I'm saying this, because you might say, well, look at Megillah reading. <laughs> Megillah reading happened by the Anshei Knesset Agdola. You might think that's from the Torah. No, it's no great. Megillah doesn't have any greater significance than Erevin and Etivas Yadayim. In fact, one could say, based on our traditions, that Megillah was the beginning of Bayacheni. And Erevin and Etivas Yadayim came from the time of Shlomo Melech. Well, I guess that's why Erevin doesn't work in Rishus Right. Yeah. yeah. So, now, um, and when he gets into the other things they mention, like a separate mitzvah of, of, of um, giving a person clothing for a clothing drive, they don't realize that's all part of tzedakah. Um, he says, it sounds like, and this is what he says, these counters... It's almost like they don't know how to read the Talmud. 
It's like the Talmud is written in a foreign language. I've shown from all these places in the Talmud that these things are rabbinic. They're treated, they're respected, but they're rabbinic. Because, and it sounds like they don't know how to read Gemara. Ilmole came, because it wouldn't be that way. They wouldn't count Megillah and Hanukkah and, 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 and Hallel as part of the mitzvos. Um so there is Lotasur, but that doesn't make it one of the mitzvot. Fulfilling it is showing obedience to the Chachamim. But it's not that it's not that this is a mitzvah from the Torah to do Natila Gedayim. We say it because it's true. two mitzvahs and the mitzvah Right, there's the mitzvah the rabbis made. But God commanded us to listen to the Rabbanim. But we wouldn't list it as one of the mitzvot of the Torah. It's, it's, it's somewhere in the middle. Why don't we change the site just to differentiate the right stuff? Go ahead. Right. Yeah. Right. We, you're right. Yeah, in other words, the, the bracha itself should indicate that. So I think part of so the answer to that is something the rabbis say that they're afraid. Rabban and mitzvot, in many ways, like for example, when it comes to muktz and other things, we're very machmir because we're afraid people are going to be dismissive. Uh, the Gemara says when we have a rabbinic mitzvah, we're afraid of indicating that it's only rabbinic. Otherwise, people would be mezalzel, like Yom Tov Sheni and other things like that. So I think if the brachas were different. People would just say, "Ah, it's not really. Yeah, this one I don't have to do." Um, I know again, and you see, you, these rationalizations come up all the time. By the way, people always make these rationalizations. Oh, it's only rabbinic. I knew a friend of mine. Again, just it's a little bit off topic, but a friend of mine knew this book, this, the Sefer Mitzvahs, which I'm trying to talk about how great it is. Um, the, we're talking about the Ramban. I don't know if we're going to get to it, but there's a place here where the Ramban. And I haven't even spoken about him. Um, disagrees with the Rambam here in the Sefer Mitzvahs about what is the Aveiravlo Tikravu Lagalot Ervata. That, in other words, we know you can't actually have sex with with a woman who you're ostered uh, to be. But what about hugging and kissing and other things like that? Is that Minat Torah or is that Midrabanan? So the Rambam says that it's from the Torah because it says Lo Tikravu. Lo Tikravu. Lo Tikravu means any type of Keruv. Ramban is, uh, says that that's rabbinic. So I remember I had a friend who said, look, <laughs> you know, it's hard for me to keep all the laws of Nida, but, you know, it's only the Rabbanan according to the Ramban, right? It's only, it's only Votikravu, it's only the Rabbanan. So there, are, again, you could see how knowing this distinction really causes people to say, yeah, it's only Rabbanan, that I could do. Yep. Um, and, and, and again, his, his other question is, why doesn't the Bahag mention all the Lotases? So basically what he says is, um, um, obviously it would have reached thousands and thousands if we'd mentioned all the Lotases. And uh, obviously he says something that's the Rabbonon. Right? So he says, basically the, the proof is like this. 613 mitzvahs means they come from a clear pasuk. That's what a mitzvah is. A mitzvah from the Torah to be counted as 613 means it comes from the Pasuk and it's not the Rabbanim. And the fact that they are inconsistent and they mention some things like Hanukkah and Hallel, it's Efsher Lekavlo Bishumpanim. I can't accept that at all. Omro Misha Omro. I don't care who said it. I don't care if it's the Baha. I don't care if he was the God of Adar, the greatest. I can't accept it. 
And therefore, he says, I've spent a lot of time on this already. I proved it. And there can't be any doubt to anyone. Okay, so we've really set the table here. We set the table here. So what is going on? How could there have been this idea that Hanukkah is from the Torah and, and Halil is from the Torah? These are things. Right. So I set the table, I think, in a good way. Um, I think next time we're going to deal with the answer, which will be part two of, of, of this. On Hanukkah, it'll be next week. Uh, be a special post uh, Xmas. So please come in. And uh, it's going to, uh, again, so we'll try to hopefully, I know that there might be, a, I don't know if everyone's going to be in the building, but hopefully things will be nice and warm and toasty, and we'll be able to have our, our, our part two, uh, which uh, will be part two where we're going to really see how we can view Halil and maybe even the lighting of Hanukkah lights as a kiyom of a mitzvah of the Torah. Okay, so we'll see you so next week. Okay. Really see how we can view Halil and maybe even the lighting of Hanukkah lights as a kiyum of a mitzvah of the Torah. Okay, so we'll see you next week. Okay. as a kiyom of a mitzvah of the Torah. Okay, so we'll see you so next week. Okay.
see how we can view Hallel and maybe even the lighting of Hanukkah lights as a kiyum of a mitzvah of the Torah. Okay, so we'll see you next week. Okay. as a kiyum of a mitzvah of the Torah. Okay, so we'll see you next week. Okay. Especially if you say the, the, the actual light is for our daughters.